Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Tuesday, October the 27th. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to go over a really juicy, fired up, excited for 10-game NBA main slate with some outstanding matchups, some big edges, and we think we're going to go after this uh, big time here in the DFS world today. Uh, real quickly, as we're jumping in, if you're watching this on YouTube, please hit that thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, give us a little comment we, or a question, anything. We really appreciate that. That really helps us move up uh, the chart on YouTube to get the word out to more people. Also, hit that little uh, bell button in the upper corner there. That alarm or alert button uh, will let you know when any of our podcasts post. And we have free podcasts in front of the paywall in basketball, baseball, football, and golf. So you'll want to check all of those out for sure. All right, we're not going to waste any time. We have 10 big games to get through, and uh, we're going to dive right in. First game on the slate. It is a 7 p.m. Eastern game. It is the 3-1 and Charlotte Hornets at the 1-3 and Orlando Magic. Right now, Charlotte is favored by 6 and the over-under in this game is 216.5. As far as injuries go, we, we've had Terry Rozier out for quite some time, and he is doubtful again today, so I don't think he's going to play. He hasn't played yet. And we also know P.J. Washington is out. So two, two starters, basically, for them. Uh, so we'll have to go through that team. Orlando, we know they've been banged up uh, all year, but get, getting some decent play from their youngsters. Um, we know that uh, Michael Carter-Williams uh, is out, Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, Etwan Moore, Chumo Kiki, all out. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this game, see what the implied totals look like, and then dive into what looks uh, very doable here for a lineup. And we can be very picky today with 10 games. you got 20, 20 teams on the slate, so you, you know, you're – selections really can't afford a bad one you know just one one can throw off the whole lineup so let's try to weed those out as we go through all right again uh the implied total for this game we have the charlotte at 112.25 and orlando at 106.75 um from the standpoint of price you know lamello ball's been terrific he's he's been consistent um and he's uh, played, you know, just a, a real all-around game. He is a stats master for DFS. He is all the way up to 8.1 uh, on DK. The, the prices I'll go over on DK. And, uh, you know, we also supply here at Coach Talk for FanDuel and Yahoo. But easier just to talk on one price as we go through so many games. Um, you know, uh, LaMelo definitely is a pay-up option here. You know, Orlando's defense is young. They are giving up a lot of points, so I think uh, Lamelo is is strictly in play here. He is one of your payups at eight one if you do want to go there, but uh, very well worth it. Um, Kelly Oubre has been the guy that's filled in that spot with Rozier out. He's up to five point seven. Definitely inconsistent, as we all know Oubre has always been. You know he can have uh, a really high ceiling, but he can have a very low floor. So more of a guy that I'm looking at uh, as a GPP play, but not off the board. Uh, 
Gordon Hayward is sub sub 7K, which is fair. He's 6.9. He is their go-to guy. He really is. And uh, big shots and sequences, they run a lot of plays for him. So I think it keeps Gordon Hayward in play. Uh, Miles Bridges has been really the surprise star of this team. Uh, he's led them in scoring. He got a player of the week honors, uh, but he's all the way up to 7.2. So still barely in that mid-level, but certainly a guy you can consider uh, the way he's consistently played. But again, there is risk there. High, high ceiling now, you know, he's proven that this year, but still, you know, a mid-level floor, but he's going to get big minutes. He is the main interior guy for them. Mason Plumlee is the other starter at 6'5". Can get you a lot of rebounds, uh, some interior scoring. But with the double bigs Orlando has with Carter and Bamba, uh, I'm not going to quite go there. But Charlotte's a good DFS team all of a sudden. You know, their bench is is okay. Ish Smith has been terrific. Um, and uh, Cody Martin gets some time. Jalen McDaniels. You know, without Rogier, it definitely screws up the rotation. But their their main players are getting a lot of run. So, you know, this Borrego's, you know, notched it up. Uh, and, you know, the reason they're winning some games is because he is getting more minutes for those guys. So not out of the question for me on Ball, Ubre, Hayward, or Bridges. And I know that's a lot of guys for game one. But, you know, if the price fits, the position fits, you know, I think those guys all have potential. On the Orlando side, uh, Cole Anthony, he's been a stud, man. He's had that monster game, and he, you know, he, he regressed a bit, but you had to expect that. He is up to 6.1K, which hurts. He was a much uh, he was cheaper and a, definitely a more value play. But he is the, the key guy that's making that team uh, go. And you know, I think a home game. He's comfortable, not a bad play, but a little expensive. Jalen Suggs still waiting for him to blow up. He's only 5K, and he he had uh, one really good game, but inconsistency, as you'd expect with a rookie. Um, same thing with Franz, Franz Wagner. I've used him a few times. He's 4.8K now. He was cheaper than that, and it was much more uh, valuable uh, as a value play. And then the other two guys you can consider. So Orlando now, even though... They're not that great of a team. They're young. They do use some of their bench. Coming off the bench, you get Terrence Ross, who had a ridiculous fourth quarter the other day. R.J. Hampton, Gary Harris, Mo Wagner, even a little bit of Rolo and uh, Iggy. So their bench is deep, and you know the fact that they all contribute uh, makes it hard to play these guys unless they're super value. And now that the price is floating up on all of them, Really, Suggs probably is the only guy you could say is a really good value, but there's risk with that. But Anthony Suggs, Wagner Carter, and Mamba, I, Bamba, I really like uh, Orlando going forward. And on the right slate, I'm, I'm not afraid to play them. But the 219 over-under is not great. There's going to be a lot of sharing of the ball there. You know, Anthony, if you want to pay up, Suggs, if you're looking for the cheaper play. But they just don't quite make it, make it for me. This game, as much as I think it's a, a good game with some good players, you know, uh, ball if I'm going to pay up, but uh, and and bridges if I'm, I'm going to pay mid level, and then either Anthony or Suggs probably on the Orlando side, but not a game I just wanted to spell. I want some, uh, you know, definitely uh, a little bit of ownership from this game. 
All right, let's go back and go to game two, and that is a 7.30 Eastern time game. It is Washington at 2-1 and one against Boston at 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Boston is a four-and-a-half point favorite, and the uh, over-under is 225 uh, flat. As far as injuries, uh, Raul Neto for Washington is a game-time decision. Out is Bryant, Gill, Hashimura, and Winston, as they have been. And then for Boston, uh, you've got a probable tag on Horford and a questionable tag on Romeo Langford. So let's talk about this game a little bit. Uh, that uh, the over-under implied for Washington is 110, Boston 114.5. So uh, Vegas expecting this to be decent scoring game up and down. Certainly a lot of options here. I mean, you've got the Spencer Dinwiddie option, which he has floated up to 7.1. Uh, you can go way up uh, if you want to go with um, uh, Bradley Beal. He's at 9.2. So that creates, you know, or do you want to use that uh, pay up there? I'm not going to because of the Brown and Tatum defense on the other side. I know Beal can blow up at any time, but just not going to go there. Uh, after that, you know, Kuzma's floated up to 6.8. He's played better. Not really crazy about the, the timeshare with Gafford and Harrell. And then they're using a lot of their bench. Uh, Advia, Bertans, Neto, if he plays, Holiday, Kispert. I mean, they're, they're going pretty deep. Uh, and, you know, seem to be getting into a groove with about a 10-man rotation. So, uh, you know, Dinwiddie possibility, Kuzma at that 6.8 has been solid, but not totally consistent. Uh, so probably not going to be real strong on the Washington side. As far as Boston goes, you know, when Tatum and Brown play, it, it always stings me because either one of them can be the main guy for them on any given night. And those two are the two dominant players. They are, however, getting more support than they did last year. And that's to be noted because... As good as Brown and Tatum are, they're 7.8 for Brown, which is not bad. 9.1 for Tatum, reasonable enough. But again, you know, Smart is still contributing. But the big difference is, is are Al Horford and Robert Williams. I mean, they didn't have that type of uh, contribution last season. And all of the load fell on Brown and Tatum's shoulders. You're seeing more of that this year, though, with Horford and Williams stepping up. And then Schroeder off the bench, who they didn't have last year either. So, you know, I what it does for me is it lowers a, a, the Boston guys a bit. And when they're all playing and they're all healthy, I think it's very difficult to go there. Uh, Washington, again, not a great defensive team. I do like the 114 and a half uh, implied for Boston. I just don't know where I want to go with that. Um, don't know if I have the courage at 5.8. Uh, to play um, my man Horford, who scares me. I would not have said I thought I would play him at all this year, so it's pretty shocking that I'm considering him. Um, and then Robert Williams at 6.3. I do love his energy and the way he plays the game, but, you know, it's hard. It's, it's tough. There's only so many positions here, and, uh, you know, this is not going to be a big – game for me highly owned depending on the pricing if i can fit one of these guys i'll make it happen if not then uh i'll move on to one of the later games 
All right, let's go to game three. We're going to keep up a pace today, no matter what. We're getting after this and getting it done so everybody can listen at lunchtime or throughout the day. Certainly want to give everybody a chance to listen before lock. Atlanta Hawks, 2-1, and one, and New Orleans Pelicans, 1-3. and three. As far as the spread here, Atlanta by 6, only a 219 over under. You've got injury-wise, probable for Hunter, questionable for Gallinari and Lou Williams, and Okongwu is out. Josh Hart remains questionable, and Zion, we know, is out due to overeating McDonald's. No, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I'm not exactly svelte myself, so hang in there, Zion. I'm rooting for you, man. All right, as let's look at the implied total of this game, and um, where are we at here? There we are. Okay, it's uh, 112.5 for Atlanta, 106.5 for the Pelicans, and uh, you know, interesting. Atlanta looks good most of the time. They did throw a clunker up there the one game. You know, Trey Young is always a possibility here, and I sort of like him today. I hate to say it. 9K, though, is a lot of money. Just not thrilled with Graham and Nikhil Alexander-Walker defense. Uh, If Josh Hart plays, he may get some time on Young, but uh, he's very questionable, not 100%. So Trey's in play for me today. I'm not the best at hitting Trey on his good game, so he's one of those couple of players in the league that, make me a little nervous, but I do like the matchup and he has been hot. And as long as he keeps the turnover turnovers down, especially on FanDuel, where you really get penalized at full point, uh, you know, he's getting all the other stats. He's been getting a bunch of assists, uh, just contributing and scoring. So he's in play for me. I'm sour on Bogdanovich. DeAndre Hunter, I like a lot at 4.7. However, he's not completely healthy. I'm not sure he's going to get that extra run. There's two value plays here. Both bigs for Atlanta are cheap. I, I mean, you got Collins at 6'3 and Capella at 6'5. That's the that's about as cheap as you're going to get on those two guys. So both worth consideration here. I'm not going to load up on both of them as far as the bigs, but I could see this being a key game for me and coming out of here with Young and Collins or Young and Capella, uh, leaning a little more towards Young and Collins. But I like this game. Um you know, with Hunter back, it, it takes a blow to Reddish and Herter. Herter stepped up, had a good game the last game. They both get a lot of minutes, especially with Gallinari continuing to be out. Uh, Zhang's the uh, gorgy, gorgeous Zhang <laughs> is the backup center. And, you know, uh, if Lou Williams is questionable. They really haven't gotten the rookie Jalen Johnson much into the mix. But, yeah, I'm going to have Atlanta exposure here. I like this side of the ball for them. And, I'm hoping with that spread only being six and it at the Pelicans that they can keep it close and we're going to get full run out of the Hawks. Um, as far as the Pelican side, they are a very tough team to figure out here early on. You get some really good games for Joe Val. He's 8-2, uh, which is a little too pricey. But Brandon Ingram, I mean, if I'm going to load up on the Atlanta side with two key guys, I almost feel like I have to play B.I. because – he is 8-5, which is expensive, but he is the man there. He really is, and he's awesome. Uh, and if it stays close, he's going to get most of the shot attempts. Uh, so really high on him today, uh, looking at him as a really good play. Now, if I get completely stuck 
money-wise. You know, I can look at uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, but his price is just too high. It's 6, uh, 6.9. I mean, he was so cheap early on uh, that it made it very reasonable. But at that price, it's it's very difficult. And then their bench is just, you know, a, a mixture. Murphy, Temple, Hayes, Marshall. I mean, Sato's coming off the bench. Then they're getting a lot of minutes for this Herb Jones. Uh, he's a guy, if you want to roll the dice in the GPP, he's only 3.3. Sometimes he starts. If Hart's still out, maybe he gets the start again. I mean, he's okay. Uh, but I, I don't have the courage uh, in building cash and hybrid. I wish I did at 3.3. But I just I watched him play some. He's okay, but nothing that you know I think has a really high ceiling. So for me, it's just main guys in this game. I think it's it's going to be the key is is just going after uh, you know some of these heavy hitters. All right, we go to game four: the Miami Heat and Brooklyn Nets. That's a game I want to watch. It's the the Heat at two and one, Nets at two and two. Uh, Brooklyn is a four-point home favorite. Uh, this should be a hotly contested game for sure. Uh, Over-under is only 218 as uh, Miami's defense is respected. Uh, with Brooklyn's high scoring, though, sort of like the over in that game, I think both teams are going to play well. Um, so that's going to be a very interesting matchup. Um, let's look at the implied totals here and, and break down. Heater, 107.5. Brooklyn won 11 and a half. Now you could spend all your money in this game without question and tempting to do that. Um, but, you know, uh, I don't know if I mentioned the the injuries. I don't believe I did. Oladipo we know remains out and Irving remains out. That's why I didn't mention it because everybody, unless you're living under an NBA rock, know those two guys aren't playing, but everybody else is ready to roll. So a million places you can go in this game, and I think it'll be a pivotal game for a lot of people. The total's not that great, and I do respect defense there on the Miami side. So do you spend up 10K for Harden or 10.5K for Durant when you have two super studs in the lineup against a Miami team that's really good defensively? You know, I'm not going to go there. I don't think Harden is completely right. I, I went with him last time. I thought he'd step it up. He was fine. He just didn't have hardened, crazy, you know, 40-point triple-double kind of stuff. I think the new rules are bothering him a lot. He's he's the guy that it's affected the most. Uh, I think Trey Young, it's going to hurt a little bit. Luka, it's going to hurt a little bit. But Harden's so did, sort of the poster boy for stepping in, pushing in, non-basketball moves, in essence, to get fouls. Uh, I mean, he just has made a living off of that. And now that they're calling calling them against him offensively, uh, I think it's blown his mind a little bit. So just that slight step back, again, he could break the chart, break the slate. But uh, at 10K, I'm just not willing to go there. 10.5K uh, for, for Durant when he's going to get that P.J. Tucker harassment and you know, you know, he was Tucker was on the Nets last year, so he's going to want to uh, really get up and, and play hard. And he's got Bam and Jimmy Butler. I mean, Miami can defend, man. And so, just not going to spend up. Um, I've also, you know, not crazy about all of the subs here. You know, Bruce Brown, very inconsistent minutes. 
I've gotten burned, so I'm I'm staying away from the likes of Joe Harris, Blake Griffin, Nicholas Claxton. Claxton got it done for me the other day, but it was very stressful. Uh, and I'm just the timeshare with all those guys playing a good Miami defense just doesn't excite me. From the Miami side, though, I think it's a little bit of a different story. You're going to get good tempo with Brooklyn, not the best defense in in most positions. And, you know, it puts some guys in play. Kyle Lowry's back. He's 7.3, but I don't know if he's 100% healthy. Uh, you know, he does probably get uh, Bruce Brown defense if Brown is in there. Again, you know, you don't know. Patty Mills, anybody could be in there for a good chunk of the time. So not sure. Duncan Robinson too, incons- Robinson too inconsistent. Uh, and P.J. Tucker's a great defender, but not ever going to make my my team as far as very seldom, uh, unless it's a bunch of guys out. The three guys I want to talk about from Miami, I think, you know, I want to play at least one of these guys. And I have to see how my build, build goes as the day goes on. But Jimmy Butler's 8-8. Bam is 7-9, so sub-8 for a guy that's been kicking butt. And Tyler Hero's up to 6.7, but the way he's playing, he's been a stronger player than that. So those are the three guys that I really like here. Uh, Almost wouldn't mind having two of the three if I can afford them, but I still have to find some value, and I know a lot of value is going to open up as the news comes out during the day. But I'm going to have some Miami Heat exposure here. And, uh, you know, more than likely leaning towards um, either Bam or Hero, but possibly a Jimmy Butler. We'll see uh, how that rolls. All right. We go on to the fifth game on the slate. So we're going to be halfway through. We've got another 730 Eastern game. Indiana Pacers one and three. Raptors one and three. So not great starts for either one, although Pacers games they've lost by one point on pretty much all their losses. Um, it is uh, Toronto by one, 218 and a half, not a spectacular over under. Injuries, we know that uh, TJ Warren is still out, but we do have an upgraded uh, questionable tag on Karis Levert. That is news that we absolutely have to have because that changes everything in this game for Indiana. If Levert's in, then all of a sudden Brogdon and Duarte become no plays for me because just the usage, and even if they just bring Levert back for 20, 25 minutes, it's still going to mess up that rotation and the scoring. So I need that news before I decide on any of the players from Indiana. Um, Sabonis, uh, of course, is always going to be playable. As far as the injuries, though, for Toronto, it's Siakam and Watanabe. All right, or Watanabe. Either way, I like to say them both for everybody so everybody's happy. Um, All right, let's talk about this game a little bit because we need to do a little bit of thinking here because, you know, again, Brogdon at 8-3, Duarte's only 5-6, Sabonis the big payup at 9-9. If Levert plays... At 7-7, seven, seven, do you trust them initially jumping in there? It's a tough call, man. That is a tough call because he is so good. But, uh, you know, I just think first game back, they've got to have some restrictions, I'm sure. Uh, Turner want nothing to do with him. I suffered through that pick last time he played. I don't like Turner. I never have. And that was 
not fun. Um, so for me, you know, you can, can if if Lavert doesn't play, then Duarte at five six, he's just been such a, a ball dominant player for a guy that's a rookie. I mean, he's getting shots. He took twenty one shots two games ago. They went to him uh, at the buzzer for a game winning shot. So. He becomes a play, but if if Levert comes in there, it's going to steal his thunder big time. So we need to uh, keep a close eye on that. From the Toronto side, Van Vliet, you know, 7.8, reasonable for the the leader of that team. Uh, I think OG Ananobi is still too cheap. He's really shown to be uh, the guy that's picked up a lot of the slack from last year with Lowry leaving. Uh, He's only 6.5, which I think is very doable. And he is high on my list. Um, Scotty Barnes is up to six. So, you know, not sure there. Gary Trent's trending in the right direction, but 4.8, not sure I want to go there. The bench, uh, really, you know, you have Achua and Birch and now Boucher splitting minutes. So that sours that big man spot for me with the Raptors. Uh, after that, just, you know, Dragic, Luke, those guys, uh, not playable. So, you know, a possibility of a, a a pacer, a player, depending on that news with Levert. And then uh, Raptors, definitely Ananobi. Wouldn't mind having Van Vliet in a lineup or two. All right, before we get to game six uh, and get halfway through this, are we at game six? Let's see. Uh, we are through five, yes. So we've got... Five more games to go. I love these big slates, by the way. I know a lot of people, you'll hear everybody in the industry say it's too many games, too much to look at, and uh, they want those nice little cozy five, six, seven game slates. For me, I'd I'd take a 15-game slate every night. I love the double digits. I think the more randomness and the more you have to look into it and build it, the better. You know, if you're just dumping everything into an optimizer and building from there, then, you know, I get why that you would, you know, that would agitate you because it, it, it's a lot more sorting and figuring out those percentages. But if you're hand building and you can find those nuggets throughout all these games, which we're definitely trying to do, uh, you can really be ahead of the game. So we'd love to have you join us. Go to DFSCoachTalk.com. We have as little as a three-day pass for $10, a five-day pass for $19. Uh, all different ways you can look at it. We're crushing it in all our sports. We have a great uh, partnership with PFF, Pro Football Focus. They are uh, partnered with us in uh, football, so we're getting all their statistics. We post a lot of information from a lot of our partners like Fantasy Labs for the NBA, uh, Sports Data, IO we utilize. So, you know, we do hand build here, and we're not strictly, but Certainly uh, looking for the cash and hybrid, which when we say hybrid, we're talking about the small entry, single entry GPPs, three max GPPs. We want to build lineups that we can put in here and have one-on-one shots to beat everybody. Um, You still can utilize all of our information if you're a 150 max entry builder. I mean, we're still putting all of that information into our, uh, what we're providing. So you know, it is a one-stop shop for everything, but for the normal DFS player, and the normal DFS player to me doesn't play 10 grand a night and max enter all the 150 contests. I think, you know, that is 
the the exception. But for you know the people that try to to put one lineup in those 150 maxes, you know you might as well go buy the Powerball ticket because it's just too tough. So you know we're trying to realistically build bankroll here, and we work with all of our members specifically on bankroll management, contest selection, and then we're building everything by hand every day. And we supply a really strong coaches clipboard with a highlighted group of players for DraftKings. We stay within their guidelines. And then FanDuel and Yahoo, you're going to get both a cash slash hybrid, which again, that's for 50-50s, double ups, single entries, maybe even a three max entry. Uh, We're going to give a full lineup for that on FanDuel and Yahoo. And then we will, for those that want to take some shots at the big money GPPs, we'll supply a GPP lineup on both FanDuel and Yahoo. So we would love to have you come and join us. If you want to check us out on Twitter first, we're all at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, from the basketball side, I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. We also have Andrew at Language Olympic. And uh, we also have our man Josh at GP Davis 1982. I think I finally got that right. So uh, we can check, you can check us all out there. Again, if you're watching on, we just asked real quickly, if you're watching this on YouTube, thumbs up, quick subscribe, give us a good little comment or question. Super, super appreciate that. It allows us to move up the scale there and keep this in front of the paywall, which we do seven days a week. Um, And the last thing, audio-wise, if you're listening to us there, we have a contest. There's only four days left. In four days, we draw for a full access, one-week membership to Coach Talk, If you're listening to us audio-wise, everywhere podcasts can be heard, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, anywhere. Take a second, five stars, give us a comment. Uh, All you have to do, rate and review, and you're getting to that drawing. Uh, Our man Joe Stanton will pick out a random draw uh, in four days, and they'll get a free full-week membership with Coach Talk. All right, that's it. I appreciate you guys sticking with me through that. Now we go to game six as we get into um, the 8 p.m. starts. We have two of those, and then we have three late slate games tonight. We may have to provide an after-hours three-gamer for our members. I'm going to add that for the members that are listening. I'll add that to our daily schedule. You get a daily schedule with us. We, We don't throw any surprises at you. You know what's coming. We really methodically try to just dissect this. DFS world, you know, piece by piece and do it strategically. So join us. We'd love to have you. All right. Minnesota Timberwolves, two and one. Milwaukee Bucks of Mr. Josh Crash Davis. They're three and one. And uh, as far as the spread, Milwaukee minus seven, still no over under just yet. Um, But hopefully that will be out or we can look for another spot if there's an early one out for that. Um, Injuries, none for Minnesota reported. Uh, We do have the possibility of getting two guys back that have been out so far this season. That's Ojale and Portis. Both are probable for Milwaukee. Remaining out, though, and these are biggies, three starters, man. DiVincenzo, Holiday, and Lopez out. So that does change things uh, for sure uh, in this game completely. So let's take a look at this. Uh, We've got... Uh, we do have an over-under here. Uh, it's 228 and a half. Ding, 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 as they say. We have one of our winners 
at 228 and a half. It is the second highest on the board. And, you know, that sounds good to me. So 110.75 Minnesota, 117.75, big implied total for the Bucks. All right. Is it Giannis or not Giannis tonight? 10.8. I think it's Giannis night. I think he's the buy-up guy. He deserves it. Now, there is one thing, though, I will say here. 10.8 is a ton on a slate this big. And he's got two players back that were out in Portis and Ojale that can help and also take some rebounds away from him inside. So that that doesn't make it like slam dunk, smash him in everywhere, it's over with. But, you know, he's got to be one of the most highly considered guys because if he throws one of his 80 burgers up there, trying to chase that number becomes almost impossible. So even at 10.8K, you know, the, the possibilities of him going 7X or whatever, it's it's there. So strong consideration. I mean, I'm not locking it in yet. I got to see how all the lineup comes together. But, you know, Giannis against this Minnesota team that is not a good defensive team uh, is very, very tempting. All right, let's look at it from the Minnesota side. You have uh, possibilities here, but again, you've got a big three that have developed, and it, it, it's killer trying to play them all. D'Angelo 7-1, Edwards 7-7, and Cat at 10-1. So, you know... Cat's been very solid. You obviously can't pay up for all these guys. I would favor Giannis over Cat in this matchup, although Cat has been a monster. Um, you know, the other two guys, just a little pricey. You know, when you're north of seven on this slate and there's some splitting of uh, responsibility, but I'll tell you, though, not having Holiday is a definite plus for Russell and Edwards because if one of them are on the floor – uh, you're going to be missing uh, that defense where, you know, the shutdown kind of guy that Holiday is. So, and DiVincenzo is a, a fine defender. He's been out forever. But, uh, yeah, it makes it tough. I would like some exposure. It's a 228 and a half over under. So, you want to have some exposure on that Minnesota side. If if push came to shove and I had to roster one of them right now, it would probably be Anthony Edwards. I just think his ceiling becomes crazy at times. And if this is an up and down game, you know, you're going to need a piece from Minnesota. Uh, on Milwaukee's side, you know, it's the Giannis show, of course. I mean, having uh, Holiday out makes me want to play Middleton, though. And and I, I'm more than likely going to go there again. And, and my theory is this, and it's, it's really unfolded that way on several occasions. When Holiday is out, and I don't think a lot of people are paying that close attention to this. They're thinking, okay, that means Hill, Allen, Noir, the Conant, and those guys are going to have the biggest lift. I really think it's Middleton. And the usage piece goes to him and the ball handling. And he's an adept passer. He has proven that. He has really improved. That's the area he's improved the most that I think is taking him to that all-star level. He could always score the ball, but he was a wing player, didn't have the ball in his hands a lot. But now he dictates that offense, especially when Holiday's out. Holiday still maintains that uh, point guard role when he's in there. But I'll take Middleton, you know, at that mid-level. 7.8's getting close to not being in the mid-level anymore, and he's gone up. But he deserves it because he's going to score the ball. And, you know, Minnesota doesn't have a great 
uh, defensive matchup for him. Okogie's probably going to play him some, uh, but that's going to be a tough matchup, uh, you know, for him to guard Middleton. Middleton can, uh, you know, again, handle the ball so far away from the basket that he becomes um, really playable. So can you play Middleton and Giannis? I did last time. It worked out. They were great. I don't. I can't do it on this slate. Not not with twenty teams playing. I you cannot afford to put all your eggs in that basket. In my opinion, now you may be able to do that. You know, I know everybody in DFS is from that world of stack, stack, stack. Well, you you got to stack in baseball. You got to stack in football. But in basketball, it really can hurt you. There's so much usage to go around. You have to one off these teams all over the place. In my opinion, again, it's it's you know not. The, the the regular school of thought, but I don't like to put all the salary eggs or two players for, or three players from one team uh, in any cash hybrid lineup for me. It's just too risky because you're, you're really eating away at your, you're cannibalizing your own potential lineup. So it's, it's more important. Like in this situation for me, I'm going to make the, the tough decision between Middleton and Giannis as the day goes on and I build it out and see what my salary looks like, because Giannis is 3000 clean over Middleton three K's a lot. So got to look at that, but I definitely will have one of those guys in my lineup for sure. All right. Los Angeles Lakers two and two uh, against the Oklahoma city thunder. zero and four, uh, L.A. Lakers exciting overtime game last night. How much are they going to have in the tank for this game? They're only going to need about a quarter of a tank, in my opinion. The Thunder stink, man. They're lousy. But, you know, what does that mean for this game? You know, that's going to be the the million-dollar question. Right now, the Lakers are a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, We'll look at the over-under on chart two here. Injuries, Oklahoma City, they're they're all like 18 years old. You don't get injured when you're 18, and nobody's out for them. Uh, Lakers, however, are the opposite. They, they're basically the age of the dads of all the Thunder players. So it's, uh, you know, you've got questionable tags on both Davis and James. Davis bumped his knee at the end of the game uh, yesterday, which we all know, and I don't mean to be negative for Davis and Lakers fans, but you know, a little bump on the knee for him could be a week. So we need to keep a close eye on that. LeBron sat out the last game, I think, because of a back-to-back. He's listed as questionable. I think he plays. My opinion and the way I'm going to prepare this slate, and I could be wrong, so we got to follow throughout the day. Join us in Discord. We'll follow it. I think Davis sits and LeBron plays. They certainly don't need both of them against this Thunder team. They probably don't need either of them, to be honest with you. But I think LeBron plays. um, He was looking dapper yesterday, man. I want to look like LeBron. He's ripped. He had the cool clothes on, the probably half a million dollar watch. He's he's such a badass. Anyway, um, as far as the the breakdown on this game, injury-wise, so other than that, Ariza, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, and none remain out. So they're a little thinner than they normally would be. Everybody on earth is going to just dive on Russell Westbrook. He's back. He had a Russell Westbrook game. He did have an awesome dunk toward the end. I would be careful here, though, because they could easily blow out the thunder, especially if LeBron plays. 
and just I I just smell rats all over the place in this game. It scares the heck out of me. Uh, it's a 220 and a half over under 114.75 for the Lakers, 105.75 for the Thunder. So, you know, how is this going to come down? You know, nine point favoritism. Lakers could easily handle them. We do need to see who's playing, who's in and out before you can make some some serious, uh, you know, decisions. But LeBron's at nine five uh, playable again. I'm just afraid of blowout city here. Uh, AD, I think he'll sit, but he's listed at nine seven. Russ is nine three. So everybody's going to think, ooh, he's cheaper. He's sub 10. It's Westbrook. He's back. I know he went absolutely bananas yesterday, and I, I've been saying it on here. I'm just not comfortable rostering him every day like we used to because of this inconsistency with the Lakers lineup. And uh, having, you know, he's just not a third banana. And when he's in there with James and Davis, it just doesn't look right for him. Now, you know, maybe with LeBron and, and if AD sits, maybe Russ can step up again. I just know I'm not going to go there because of that potential inconsistency. It's a back-to-back, you know, uh, he looks like he's 20 years old the way he runs and jumps, but he is not the youngest player uh, around, and that's a consideration. Plus, you know, does he get less minutes because of, you know, the inability of thunder, the Thunder to put a competitive team on the floor? So I just, you know, it's going to be run and hide for me a lot on the Lakers team here. You could go cheap and get uh, really good games from a guy like Carmelo Anthony, 4.9. Carmelo Carmelo is one of those guys that smell blood in the water. He is a shark, man. Even against a crap team, he just loves piling up the points. He'll fight and scratch and claw. He's a DFS uh, scoring guy for sure. He's going to get you whatever he can get you. So he's he's in play. You know, and then, um, you know, the other guy is Malik Monk, 3.7. He really got it done for me yesterday. You know, I think he's young enough and fresh enough, hasn't played a ton. You know, he'll be in that rotation. And, and, you know, if you're looking for a big value play. But I'm just not going to invest a lot in the Lakers here uh, just in, you know, because of the blowout potential and the back-to-back and the age of these guys. On the other side of the ball, I think you have some playable guys. Um Problem is, you know, they play a lot of guys, and that really hurts you. Um, you know, Shea's the, the the key guy. He's seven point one. He'll get uh, Kent Bazemore defense. Bazemore's a bit of a dog, and he's a little underrated defensively. He can really get up under you and, and bother you. But uh, Shea is tough. He's the best player on this team uh, by a landslide. So he's playable. Uh, Dort four point five. Just you know. GPP style play. Giddy has shown that he's, you know, really improving. He's 4.8, which is reasonable, you know, but if he has to get LeBron defense, which can is better than this season than before, he's not going to get any of that interior easy stuff with Jordan and Howard and those guys floating around there, but you can consider him. Baisley's cheap at 5-1. Again, I don't like interior players. Uh, against the Lakers. I know centers have a tendency to do a little bit better, but just not enough for me to go there. And then you just got massive, massive timeshare. Uh, J-R-E, as they call him, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Um, he was he did fine, but he's just not going to get enough minutes. 3.7, you know, I, I was impressed by his play uh, last night. But you're going to get some Mascala, Kenrich Williams, Teo Maladon, Pocacheski. 
Roby. I mean, these guys are all going to play. You know, they're so bad, so young, and so deep. You know, when you got 11-man rotation with these guys, it makes it very hard, especially on a big slate. If it's a three, four-game slate, you can take some shots at these guys, but not on a 10-game slate. So not going to be going any deeper there. I will consider uh, Shea and, and see where we go from there. All right, we go to the next one. Sacramento Kings, one and two. Phoenix Suns, one and two. How about the Suns, one and two? What a bad start for them. No injuries listed for Sacramento. Cameron Payne and Dario Sarch remain out for Phoenix. Phoenix is a seven and a half point favorite. It's a 226 over under. All right, let's look at the implieds in this game because this game is interesting. The 224 and a half over number is solid. 108.25 for the Kings implied, 116.25. For Phoenix. So Phoenix is right up there on the number uh, with some of the top guys. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, always a possibility at 8.6. I do respect Chris Paul defense, but he is awesome. Uh, Hal Burton been very inconsistent, not going to go there. You know, I'll tell you a guy that's sneaky is Harrison Barnes. Not in this game for me, but watch his stats. He's 7.5K, which seems expensive, but he's steadily been very consistent. Um, and Rashawn Holmes at 5.9, you know, he's always able to get the number. So you got to think about him a bit. Uh, Buddy Heald off the bench, Davion Mitchell, who's been really good off the bench. He'll come in and probably try to do the off night for Devin Booker I, and or Paul, either one, try to uh, definitely pin them down. So, you know, there are some possibilities here if you want to pay up for Fox or you want the bargain of a Holmes, but, you know, on the Phoenix side, you know, again, Kevin, uh, or Chris Paul and Devin Booker, uh, you know, how much defense are they going to get uh, from Davion Mitchell? Uh, are they going to split it? They're 7.6 and they're eight respectively. So certainly in the ball game on an up paced uh, game, I think you could make a case for either one of them. Uh, Mikhail Bridges is only 5k, uh, which is, reasonable but inconsistent same thing with jay crowder 5.2 you know i think he's going to try to drape harrison barnes here and not let him get much um the guy i'm sour on man i'll just say it right out here i i put a lot of stock into deandre Ayton last game and he's just I, I he's frustrating to watch you know there's certain players as an ex-coach that i just wouldn't want to coach i don't care how talented they are and i don't mean to sound so negative on guys but when I see them out there and I'm putting my DFS neck on the line, I want somebody that's going to bust their ass. I want the Julius Randles. I want the Jimmy Butlers, you know, and that's who I'd want playing for me. The guys that I just don't like to roster in DFS, and it's similar to when you're coaching. You don't want to coach them because they don't give you that extra. You, you can see their times. They're taking plays off. And I know it's controversial, but guys like DeAndre Ayton, Michael Porter Jr., you know, guys like that are just, I've never been in their corner because I just don't think you're getting that consistent extra effort. And I think the coaches see it. And you see those guys getting pulled, coaches getting aggravated with them. And I, I know it sounds like an overreaction. It's not just because Aiton had that one bad game. I've People on here know I've been talking about this since Michael Porter Jr. was drafted by the Nuggets. And I know he's he turned out to be a fine player. But here's the thing. He got paid up to it's his contract with incentives goes up to almost 150 million. 
Uh, does that make him take the, the, you know, the, the, the foot off the gas? That's what I've seen this year. And, you know, if you're playing for the money, uh, you're not going to be long-term successful in this league. So again, that's, I know that's the old coach talking, but I approach this like I'm coaching a team and I want my guy on the floor for the ball. I want him getting that extra rebound, that extra bucket before he gets pulled out. You know, you can make fun of Carmelo Anthony and rostering him at this age, but I know when he's in there, if there's a bucket he can sniff out, he's going to get it. And he doesn't care if they're up 30 or down 30. And I, those are the kind of DFS players you want. All right. Soapbox over. Um, so, you know, a couple of other, you know, things in this game. I, I love the over under. I think that there, you need to have some ownership of, of some exposure to this game for sure. Whether it's going down cheaper with like a Mikhail Bridges or even a Rashawn Holmes, or you both are sub six, or if you do the buy up, if you really want maybe a Fox Paul head to head. Um, you know, I'm thinking Davian, Davian Mitchell guards Booker a little bit more. I know he's a fantastic on the ball defender, but I think books, the guy they're going to want to shut down, but Luke Walton is not the best coach in the league. So who knows what his matchups are going to be. All right. We're going a little long here and I didn't want to do that, but just a lot of information that I wanted to share two games left Memphis, Portland, Grizzlies, two and one Portland, one and two. Uh, Dylan Brooks remains out for Memphis, and that's a killer. That's their heart and soul guy. Norman Powell's questionable, which is a big thing. Tony Snell out. So we need to definitely, uh, you know, be concerned a little bit with with Powell uh, being out in Brooks. It affects the rotations. Portland's favored by two and a half. Big fat 234. They are the highest. So where are we going to have our exposure here? You have to have some exposure to this game. I agree. Uh, neither one of these teams are playing great D. They're both getting up and down the floor. Two big implied totals. Memphis 115.75. Portland 118.25. Certainly can go if you want to put your chips in the bucket and say, let's go. John Morant, Damian Lillard, 9.6 and 9.4. Those are my two pay-up guys. I don't think that's a bad play. I mean, I, I don't think that, that – uh, that either one of these teams are going to be able to stop either one of those guys. So I, I have no problem doing that. And again, I know it's a salary related situation with whomever you're going to buy up to, but you know, if you do fade a Giannis or one of the guys and you can go to these two guys that are sub 10, you know, mid nines are fair. I'll, you know, nine, four for Dame. There was a lot of times last year he was 10, three, you know, 10, two and jaw, you know, I know he's, this is higher number for him. But he's earned it. I mean, he's doing everything out there. He's the guy that's picked up the slack, uh, you know, from their uh, missing uh, their main guy. So uh, who is it? I'm trying to Dylan Brooks. So Brooks with Brooks B and I, I think Morant's picked that up the most. Other than that, uh, DeAnthony uh, Melton on any given night, 5K, he can get it done. You know, he can. Uh, same thing with Desmond Bain at 4.8. I think those guys are both reasonable. Jaron Jackson, you know, I think he gets Covington defense. I'm not going to go there at 6.6. And uh, Steven Adams, just not consistent enough for me. Off the bench, they have Anderson, Clark, Tillman, Trey Jones, all those guys not interested. So for me, it's it's really the, the guards, uh, Morant, Melton, and Bain that I have interest in. On the, the Portland side, I think Dame at 9-4, like I said, is is awesome play. Uh, C.J. McCollum at 
I mean, there are times where he outscores Dame, so that makes perfect sense there. Uh, with Powell still being out, or if he's back, we'll see. That's a key thing because uh, don't know if I'll go to Powell at 5-4, but got a nice little game out of Nazir Little at 3.9. Last time out, he'll get some of those extra minutes. Roko's not getting it done for me yet. Nurkic at 6-9 is very tempting. Uh, Adams is strong, and he's going to get a lot of those boards, but Nurkic is quick. He's Even though he's a big guy, he has a great first step, great spin move, quick to the hoop, uh, sort of like Nurk a little bit here. So something to keep an eye on. Definitely want to have exposure, at least one guy on each side, maybe a 2-1, because this should be the highest scoring game on the slate and, and really deserves ownership. All right, last game, 1030 uh, Eastern. So we're going to have an unbelievably full night of basketball. I love it. Cleveland, 2-2. Two and two. Clippers, 1-2. and two. Uh, Okoro is the one for Cleveland that is doubtful, which opens up the door for marketing even more. Uh, Clippers, a bunch of injuries, as we know. Uh, Preston Morris, Leonard Abaca, all out. Johnson, uh, questionable. So the spread here is Clippers by 8 217 over under. So a big drop from these last couple of games. And, uh, you know, interesting few players here. Interesting, but not sure uh, I want to go there. So let's talk about it. Darius Garland and Sexton, 6'9 and 6'5. They basically, you know, split the, the role. I like playing one or the other when one of them's out. But with both of them, they're both going to get somewhat eat uh, and get it done there. I do like Laurie Markin in a bit at 5.4 with a Coro out. He's shown that he's playing with a new invigorated uh, excitement and, and getting it done now that he's getting more of an opportunity than he did in Chicago. The two bigs are always, you know, you can look at both of them all the time. Mobley is 7K, Jared Allen at 6.3. Both playable commodities, though. I don't play them together, but... I always look at the two of them, and if I can make one of them fit, I will. I, I think that they're getting big minutes. You know, Cleveland is is definitely playing their main guys, uh, trying to stay in games. That's why they're winning a little bit. Uh, their bench is okay. Rubio's been solid, but hard to take him at 5'7 with Garland and Sexton both playing. But then after that, you're just getting a mishmash, you know, of Love and Osman and those guys that I'm not interested in. Um, from the Clippers' side, you know, I do think both guards are playable here. I, I always pick on the Cleveland backcourt. We'll continue to do that when they're decent players and they're cheap. And I'm going to need some value here. Uh, hopefully some value opens up as the day goes on because there's not that much of it yet. Uh, but Jackson 6'3", Bledsoe's 5'9". I would consider either one of those guys in this matchup against that Cleveland backcourt. Paul George, obviously a terrific play. You know, he's the usage monster for that team until Kawhi returns, if Kawhi returns, but he's 10-3. So I'll tell you, man, we this is a hard slate as far as we've got a, literally about 10 guys that are right around, you know, 9-5 to 11-1 or whatever the number is, uh, that are all so incredibly in great spots. And you're probably only going to get two of them. So yeah, it's it's a rough, rough decisions. The nice thing is there's not going to be any absolutely massive chalk on those big price guys because everybody's going to want a piece of some of the different ones. So you're not going to have to worry about being very contrarian today, even in your cash lineups. Um, but George, certainly within question. Rest of the guys, you know, 
you got cheaper guys like Man, Kennard, Batum, Zubac. Just don't want to go there in this big of a slate with this many players and teams and possibilities. So that is it, my friends. I'm sorry we went a little longer than expected. I did want to keep it under an hour, so we're, we're under an hour. We barely made it, but we did. And uh, I really hope this helps you a lot. We'd love to have you join us at DFSCoachTalk.com. Come on, give us a try. Three days, 10 bucks. You can't beat it. And, you know, if you come in now, you get all of our golf PGA picks that we'll be posting tonight for the tournament this weekend. You get our uh, MLB baseball for our man Crash for the World Series. And then, of course, all of our NBA activity. And uh, you, if you sign up today, also you get the Thursday night NFL game. So you get a little bit of everything. Uh, just uh, join us, uh, comment, give us some reviews. We'd really, really appreciate that. So for the entire DFS Coach Talk team, uh, this is Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. Have a great day, and let's crush it in NBA DFS.